0: Hey, third time's the charm. I've, I've tried this two times and it did not go through, so hopefully, this time things will be a lot better. Anyways, um, whoever you are joining this space, I uh, appreciate you for joining. If you are uh, here live, or if you're listening to the playback, I really appreciate it. Um, as you all know, uh, if you've been on my Twitter for any extended period of time, and for those who don't, my name is the Stormy Poet. My author name, I'm author of two published books and a third underground book that um, I felt needed to be underground for specific reasons. I'm working on my fourth book now, but um, I'm also an advocate for uh, literacy and reading and writing here in the community. And uh, what I wanted to talk about, and which is the title of this space, is WRT Initiation. Literacy's importance to black progress and for those who don't know, as a matter of fact, most don't know because I had to take a hiatus from hosting these physical spaces, not Twitter spaces, but uh, we had a physical group that that we used to have over here in Fort Worth, which is Tarrant County. And so the actual acronym for WRT is writers and readers. Or excuse me wordsmiths and readers of tarrant and basically what this group was designed to do is bring all the writers from tarrant county college i'm gonna say tarrant county college but from tarrant county in general together all the wordsmiths and people who were just passionate about the craft of writing itself people who just wanted to get together and discuss the actual ins and outs of technique and how to publish a book um, what are some you know some inspirations that you can draw from you know as far as like different writers before our time things of that nature it was a real cool group you know um i think i think we had as many as like 12 people at one time um, and we would meet up and you know we started out meeting at this uh, restaurant over in fort worth on magnolia but then you know just because of the noise level and stuff we would record a lot of the sessions and stuff and people really loved them people in the community really liked like uh, to come these and one of the main reasons i started this group was particularly because i would attend a lot of writing groups back when i was a young writer and i was first coming into the game and trying to really um you know earn my spurs and everything like that and i was trying to really put out a good product and a good book i would attend a lot of writing groups in order to get inspiration and to get guidance and just to get some type of uh, advice and stuff. And what I noticed was that a lot of those groups, in a lot of those groups, it was very uh, judgmental. Um, they kind of almost looked down on you for being an individual, right? And as a matter of fact, in a lot of those groups, I just didn't say anything. I just would observe uh, I was in like a YA group. I mean, it was like the only writing group, kind of really at the time that was closest to me. Uh, I really didn't like uh, being in that poetry group over, and I won't say names, but they, we basically would have like a uh, meeting every month over at uh, Half Price Books there, uh, you know, their uh, their flagship store over there in uh, around North Dallas, and I just didn't really like the shaming aspect of it. Um, It almost felt like there was like an air of competition there instead of people just coming to really just, you know, sharing their work and looking for constructive feedback. It was, you know, you're new on the block and, you know, we're better than you. And, you know, don't 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 come in here with any work thinking that you're all high and mighty, which was just like, I'm just here to I'm just here to geek out about poetry. I'm not really trying to do all that. So I, I noticed that and I noticed like you know, I would, a lot of the times I would be the only brother there, or the only, I'd be the only black person there a lot of the times, and, you know, every now and then I would see one other black person and stuff, and I just kind of noticed the trend, and it kind of got me to thinking, and this is another reason why I formulated this group, you know, and I've experienced this as a, as a black author, it's really hard for us to get a support group, you know, a lot of White authors and a lot of white writers have actual support groups and they have networks. And, you know, regardless of the quality of their stuff. And I noticed that, uh, especially in these groups I would attend, you know, all the white people are there. And, you know, as, as, you know, sometimes as negative as those environments would be, they would still all be there. And they would show up every week to critique each other's work and give each other like substantive feedback. You know, and I wanted a place and I wanted a space and an environment where black people could, black authors and poets and stuff. And, you know, I've been to the whole poetry slam thing too. And I've been to the spoken word thing. And, you know, that was cool in its own right back in the day. But, you know, eventually we want to move on and actually publish things. We want to make, if possible, like a decent income doing it. We want to share our stuff and we want to be able to distribute it and reach the whole world with our material and I was thinking in those kind of terms and I didn't like that uh, the whole competition thing I mean th- that's fine for people to compete with. as a matter of fact I've competed and I've won in those things and it's cool to get a little you know the little money that they give you and stuff but I, I just what I saw what was lacking is just where can we just go and just discuss the craft without it being a competition without me trying to you know get first place prize? and then a lot of the times they would judge stuff in a very they would judge it in a way that was very inconsistent and I didn't like that also because you know a lot of the judges. You know, those those events and stuff, for, especially for spoken word, they wouldn't really give you a solid criteria as to what they were judging you for. And as a matter of fact, a lot of the times they would say, hey, don't cuss. And then people would go up there and cuss. But then the judges would give them, you know, like a nine out of ten. It's just like you literally said don't do that. So I don't really like that environment, too. And, you know, a lot of people in that space are just very arrogant. And it's just very off-putting. And so I was like, all right. If you're a black writer, and it's already hard enough for us to make it as it is, or if you're a, a black writer, you're a writer in general, and writers, and for the most part, are very private and by themselves by nature. That's how we are. It, it's just like I didn't really see a space where we could just get together and just really chop it up, really exchange ideas. Like, how did you? Like, why did you write this particular verse this way instead of that way? You know what are some techniques that you use? How do you use you know punctuation, and uh, how do you use alliteration and, and all these things to your benefit? And I want to know a space like that where we focus strictly on the craft. Uh, Ice T did a documentary about the uh, the art of rap, real good documentary. It's actually free on YouTube now. Um, very excellent documentary, and you know one of the reasons that he said that he made that documentary was because he said you know I, you know Whenever a rapper gets interviewed or something, whenever they get interviewed or something like that, it's always, they always ask the rappers, so what do you think about so-and-so and your beef with so-and-so? And, you know, what do you think about that? These, these were personal questions instead of like, you know, when you made that song, like what was going through your head? And like, what was the technique that you were trying to use to get your point across? He, he, he made that documentary because he was like, you know, you don't really have that that's not really asked and if you look at some of the the lyrical geniusness the artistic geniuses that a lot of these hip-hop artists have done over time and in the present day it's mind-boggling it's it's mind-blowing and i used to bring up you know back when i was going to like the the ya group which is young adult fiction i was going to that back i think like right before i published my first book and i was i would bring up as far as technique goes, they would be like, yeah, Emily Dickinson and you know, you know Shaw and Dickens and this, these are these are people I got inspiration from. And I'm like, well, I, I like I really like Nas, uh, you know that rapper from Queens. He's like my favorite artist because of you know, his storytelling capabilities. Number one, but just Nas would do something so just profoundly lyrical. He rhymed like all the words of one sentence with all the words of the next sentence, but a lot of rappers do that, and even he got his inspiration from that. But the thing about him is, he will just make it sound like he's just talking, having a very natural conversation with you. Other rappers, you can hear that they're doing that. That's the one thing about like Eminem, you can tell that that's what he's doing. But Nas will just make it sound like he's talking. So I will bring up all these things like, how do I make it sound more natural? How do I make it to where you know you got you might have to go back and read it two or three times to really kind of appreciate it that kind of literature so I wanted to make this group specifically for that album still recording because this man, this Twitter thing is something else but um, yeah I think I'm still on here hold on there you go alright yeah I can see my microphone still going sorry guys this is kinda of my first time doing this but you know I Basically, I had to take a hiatus from hosting this group. We had a really great time. Um, if you go to my social media, you basically if you type in the stormy pod, like on my Facebook and stuff, it pop up. But we had a really great time doing it. It was people from all different walks of life. I mean, all different walks of life who would have come and attend. It started off the first three times. The first three times I did it, nobody showed up. And I remember like the last time I was going to do it, like one person showed up, which was. Which was dope, because I was about to just stop doing it. I was like, hey, nobody's really coming. And then it really blew up. You know, more and more people started coming. Nay um, Williams, very, very talented sister. Uh, she's got uh, several published books. Um, she was actually supposed to join me tonight, but um, she said she wanted to just kind of pop her head in. And she she might pop her head in, you know, she might come on and, and speak. It's, it's all gravy either way, but very devout person who really helped me grow that thing uh, she attended a lot of those um, as far as her being an author herself man we really bounced a lot of ideas off each other and that's what I mean like that support group we need we as black writers need that support group where we come come to each other and say alright let's let's exchange ideas how can we make each other better as writers you know how can we link up and really try to achieve some semblance or not semblance but some how do we, how do we achieve excellence? A book just to say, "Hey, I wrote a book." Like, how? What are some ways we can achieve excellence and really like have that rapport with one another? And you know, it would be about the craft itself, but a lot of we get on. It whole different other topics unrelated to writing or kind of related to writing. we start talking about stuff that will be going on in the world and um, all, all of you who know my line of work I mean you can go to thestormypoet.com and you can get a kind of glimpse of the kind of work that I do um, you know we'd, we'd start talking about you know systematic racism so we'd start talking about things going on you know as it pertains to black people I mean the group was catered for black people black writers to come and commune with one another. You know, everybody was welcome, but I'm like, hey, this is what this is for and we're going to talk about these things. So we got to release and these people from all these different walks of life. We talked about certain things related to that. And know mental illness got into, you know, was one of the things. Uh, Someone used to attend, but she's actually agoraphobic, which is crazy. And, uh, you know, was trying to attend one time and end up going back home she's like hey i'm sorry but I, I couldn't make it and stuff but my point though is it was just it was it was a space where yes this is about writing this is about literature and the power of it and how we can become better writers but it was also just different community members just coming and sitting down who didn't even know each other and me just kind of like leading the conversation about certain things or sometimes somebody would mention something. Nothing was off limits as far as what we would talk about. And it was a very unapologetic environment and you just got to say what you wanted to say. And my whole whole point in having this tonight, having this space tonight is to talk about. First of all, I'm, I'm bringing that back. It's been a while since I've done it. Um, I am going to host that again. I don't I want it to be the, what I just talked about i wanted to be those things and encompass those things but i also wanted to be and this is one of the things that when i was hosting it that i discovered is we wouldn't just get writers we would get you know people who played music and even in the writing department it it wouldn't just be poets um we had one dude who was a screenwriter i think he like wrote for disney we had um novelists uh, as a matter of fact, Nay Williams and you can go if you go and if you go and uh, search on Amazon, Nay Williams, all her stuff will pop up. Um, very talented sister. I really hope she could join, but I understand. And she's uh, moving on to be at a better job and stuff here in a little bit. But um, you know, it was lovely having her. But you know, we get novelists and stuff. Like me personally, I specialize in doing technical stuff like social commentary, but, I'll, but I also specialize in poetry and short stories. That's my thing. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I do like more anthology type stuff as far as things that I publish. Like I basically glue a bunch of separate literary pieces together and make them flow in a chronological order. That's kind of the way I do things. But stuff like that, you know, when we would get together, we would we would focus on our strengths and stuff. And you're like, how do you do, how do you write a novel and stuff like that? So it was about the, the, the craft in and of itself. But it was also about a, a number of other things. In terms of the conversations we would have and stuff. But what I, my vision for it now, though, is in addition to all that. Is to just be a place where all artists can come together and actually commune. Artists in the community, we can get together and we can just have discussions and you know i say about the crafts in and of itself but you know um stuff that we're experiencing in our daily lives or um you know like i might be a writer but you're like a musician or you're a painter or something like that okay yeah we might be from different artistic genres but i might be able to give you inspiration in this regard, and you and vice versa you know a lot of painters and stuff and people who are artists they're also poets and vice versa so i just want a place or a space rather where all the artists of fort worth can come together and commune like that and i think that's really cool what twitter has done with these spaces because like i said it was physical but you know people move away like nea is going to to for a job opportunity and shouts out to her as that sister should but you know, Twitter has really provided us with a tool we can, where we can all meet together and we don't even have to be in the same physical place. And I still want the physical one to take place because I really feel there's something to be said about meeting face to face and actually having a respectful exchange of ideas, looking somebody in the eye, and, um, you know, collaborating like that. But I do want this to be sort of like a backup or maybe a uh, compliment to the physical piece. So that's why I wanted to have this this space tonight, and I also wanted to talk about um, literacy's importance as far as black progress goes, as far as, like, our fight against uh, systematic racism, and I just wanted to share for you just real quick just a couple of things, and, and, you know, part of what I do outside of just, you know, publishing books and writing pieces and stuff online and writing poetry and things like that is, I, like, i I want to be and i try my best to be an um advocate for literacy because i really think that literacy is the basically the building blocks of a society a, a prosperous and a successful society and i think that we as black society if we're going to take up this fight and we're going to have this fight for justice and fight for what we're owed i think as a, if we're going to have like a cohesive black society, I think that that's the fundamental building blocks of that. And just to give you an example, like, for instance, uh, there's this website called the Terrence, uh, excuse me, the Terrence Literacy Coalition. It's more than a website. It's actually an organization out here in in Terrence County. And when I formed WRT, you know, I did a lot of research and I just was kind of curious and I was interested in seeing what are the literacy levels out here and like what what is the importance because I and I have a general idea. I'm like, this is I think literacy is important in terms of having a society that is functional and, um, and prosperous, quite frankly. But I started doing some research and I started actually, you know, I had like a general idea, but I wanted to get some actual evidence from it. And I thought this was very interesting. And you can go check this out. It's at the Tarrant Literacy Coalition. And what it says on this website, um, the part I have highlighted is it says approximately one in five adults in Tarrant County, more than 200,000, cannot read well enough to succeed at a fourth grade level. And this is that's that's those numbers are from the National Assessment of Adult Literacy Survey. However, less than 10,000 adults in Tarrant County are enrolled in any kind of adult literacy literacy program at the present time. In a 10-year study of literacy indicators of 77 metro areas with populations over 250,000, Fort Worth ranked 53.5, and this is tied with Las Vegas, Nevada, and Arlington ranked 62nd, and this is the Central Connecticut um, State University that that had that study. Nearly half of adults in the study read at a basic or below uh, reading level, at most, they can perform simple everyday literacy tasks. And this is from the United Way of Tarrant County. Literacy programs serve only 3.6 of the 3.8 million adults in Texas who need an adult basic education service. Who need basic adult education services? Texas ranks 47 out of 50 states in terms of English literacy levels. And it says in 2008, Texas ranked in the nation among all states for. The number of adults who took the GED test—about fifty-three thousand adults—an indication of the number of adults residing in Texas do not have a high school diploma. These are, you know, basic things that you need. I mean, this just basically goes to show what's happened to society in terms of how serious or how value or the value that we place in reading and writing on a consistent basis. Now, I've been a real staunch advocate for that. A lot of people who follow me know that. Uh, this reading on a regular basis is more important than we think. As a matter of fact, writing on a regular basis is more important than we think. The act of actually sitting down and focusing on a particular topic and reading a book and actually going through and processing that information is more important than we actually give it credit for. And I know... We live in the era of smartphones. We live in the era of streaming television and all that stuff, but I don't think we understand how important it is to sit down and actually read and actually have no distractions or anything like that. We don't place importance in that. And a lot of the times because we've been conditioned, we just say that it's boring. It's a waste of time. It's boring. I'd much rather listen to an audiobook. Or something in that nature. But the problem with an audiobook, and I, I admit, you know, I've listened to some audiobooks and stuff like that when I'm busy, but I need to actually get some information I'm trying to hear. But if it's like a book where if this, it's a really important topic, it's something I need to know about, I really carve away a chunk of time and actually sit down and read it because the more that you engage in that act, the more articulate you become, the more empathetic you become. The more you have to actually exercise your imagination, which is what reading is, it's like you're working out a brain, you're working on a muscle, like you're working out your brain and you're conditioning it. You're conditioning and you're widening its capacity to think on all levels. And at the same time, when you read, it trains your brain to pick up, you know, different terminology. Uh, different ways of putting things the more you read your your brain kind of catalogs all that information and what that essentially does is that makes you a more effective speaker and I think that we in the black community in terms of our justice claim in terms of what we're owed in terms of how we you know fight systematic racism as black people that's something that we need in our arsenal articulation uh, being able to being able to articulate how you actually feel being able to articulate the systems of oppression that are going against you being able to verbalize them because if you don't have a word if you don't if there's no word in your in your repertoire for you know oppression, for brutality and violence, if you can't use those at your disposal if you can't articulate your oppression then how can you actually fight against your oppression? And I think that at a basic level, these are the building blocks. And I think that, you know, there's the saying, the pen is mightier than the sword, which is, which is absolutely true. We need to look at ways that we can weaponize literature against the forces that are going up against us. And I think that's very important. I mean, there's a reason they made slavery. It, they, there's a reason that they made uh, reading illegal for black people during slavery. There's a reason for that. Once you start having the words to, able, to be able to actually articulate what's going on around you, number one, that improves your communication, which improves coordination with one another, which is exactly what they did, not you know, the white supremacists who owned slaves and who practiced slavery, which is what they didn't want. But number two, it uh, makes you focused. If you have the right vocabulary to identify what you're going up against, that makes you laser focus, which is another thing they didn't want. That's why reading and writing was was punished and what I'm saying is we live in the era of smartphones and and all this stuff that is not really challenging us. It's not really building our empathy when you read a book, you are imagining yourself in that situation and you can actually take your time and process it. If you're looking at a movie like yeah you have it has somewhat of a, the same effect. But with a book, you have time to actually process it. A movie is on like a time limit, so you can't really go too long with the movie. But when you're reading something, you can actually highlight it, you can go back to it, you can revisit it. You really can put yourself in that situation. And another thing, another reason they made reading and writing illegal is because they didn't want us becoming more empathetic with one another. They wanted us shut off from one another. They didn't want us putting ourselves in each other's shoes and saying, we're all in this. Together we have to fight this together they wanted the whole individualism and you know it's just me and my own independent experience and not you know i don't I'm not interested in having any brotherhood or sisterhood with the people who look just like me against this so that was that was their goal and that's still the goal I believe I still believe there's a reason you're constantly looking down at your cell phone I know all people do that I get that but Specifically where black people are concerned, there's a reason that we're so addicted to entertainment. There's a reason that we don't want to just sit still and read a book. Okay, everybody, I'm sorry about that. Uh, Twitter kind of cut me off at the end of the last space I was hosting. But basically, I just wanted to give closing remarks, and I wanted to thank everybody for listening who did and uh, everyone who showed up. Um, I just wanted to say, if you haven't checked out my work, I'm at thestormypoet.com. You can find uh, the links to all my published books there. And um, you can basically, I mean, all the people who are on Twitter listening to this, you know where I'm at. And um, uh, if you Facebook search The Stormy Poet, all my stuff will come up. My landing page, um, which is what a lot of people... Or well, a lot more people know about. I Typically, just kind of run ads on the Facebook page, the uh, like page, so to speak. But I'm at Tormenta Poeta. Um, if you just, it's basically T O R N E N T A, and then poet. That like the word poet, but just with the letter A at the end. That's basically my landing page on Facebook, and I have like a Poetic Justice group that uh, I host through there. And I have uh, other groups I host there. But that page that I just uh, let you know all about, uh, that's primarily where I post literary-related stuff. That's pretty much just for, like, my work or poetry or things that I find that are um, inspiring in a literary sense. So I'm pretty much all literature there. But if you want to start getting into the you know, social commentary and things like that, I'm at think Justice is a. Uh, my Facebook group, and then I have my uh, the Levels of Love tips, which is my relationship guidance group on um, Facebook as well. But I hope that uh, I was able to really hit home what I'm trying to do with this group, um, whether it be online or in the physical realm. But uh, wordsmiths and readers of Tan, I'm really excited about it, and I'm excited about uh, basically just empowering us as a people, but also, um, you know giving the artists the place to come and actually commune and uh, actually to bounce ideas off of one another with it being a very safe and friendly environment. And, you know, we in Fort Worth, and I'm sure this is the same in a lot of cities just all around the world or all around the country, um, there's not really these places where they can go and just actually do that. I want to make a centralized place where we can come together and um, really Empower each other to be the best artists that we could be, whether it's literary or whatever kind of artist you are. So I hope you're able to join us for that. And I really appreciate appreciate everyone's time. And I'm going to go ahead and close out this space and hope everyone has a, a great restful weekend and a safe weekend. And I'll holler at y'all later. Take care of yourselves. Peace.